With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Dead End Sports Podcast. Uh, we like to call it the best couple of hours of your sports week. Thank you for listening and downloading and subscribing to our latest podcast. I'm your host, 12 Kyle. Joining me are the homies, BZ430. BZ, what up, though? What up, though? What's up, Kyle? Chilling, man. Chilling. What's cracking? Chilling, man. Just uh, in the, finishing up this last two rounds of my first of three NFL fantasy football drafts. How's it looking? I don't know. I'm not really too hype on this squad. I don't know. But it's funny. Sometimes it's the teams I'm not hype on, I end up doing pretty okay. Who you got? Huh? What's your roster look like? Who you got? Uh, okay, so I got Brady, Le'Veon Bell, uh, Reddick, um, Lan- uh, Jarvis Landry, Emmanuel Sanders, Rob Gronkowski, so I'm going to hit him with that Brady-Gronkowski combo, uh, Tevin Coleman, um, is that, is that, wait a minute, is that his name, Col- Tevin, first, that's his first name for ADL? Yeah, Tevin Coleman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tevin Coleman, my bench, I got Matt Forte, Jeremy Macklin, I got Matthew Stafford, backup QB, he can probably be used as a trade bait, depending on how other teams are looking. Um, I got uh, um, my backup tight end is due from Tampa Bay. Oh, the rookie Howard? No, uh, Bray. Okay. Um, oh, Sterling Shepard. Yeah, Sterling Shepard and DeAndre Washington, and I still I still got to pick a kicker, a defense, and another bench person, and I'm done. Who's your other running back? Uh, yeah, Matt, Bell and who Oh, my running backs is Le'Veon Bell, Riddick from the Lions. And oh, Coleman. okay, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah not, like, I'm not too. I'm not too high on the squad. I mean, people in the chat saying like, "Yeah, your squad looks straight," but I'm like, "Ah, uh, not too nah, high on yeah, it." Yeah, no, no, you shouldn't be too high. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not too high. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not too high on the squad. But, man. but nah, I mean, I, I, you know, Bell, Bell is going to be a beast. Uh, we already, we already know what Riddick does, um, catching passes. And uh, it's yeah, only a matter of time before Amir goes down. Of, I think Riddick going to get a lot of those 40 rushing yards and 50, 40 reception yards. Like, he's going to get one. Mm-hmm. He's going to be like those type of dudes. Those type of dudes. Because it sounds like you took Gronk in the second, right? Yeah. So, when I took Gronk, I was like, I'm about to get Brady. I'm about to hit him with the Brady. Because Brady was the got, rank one QB. So, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to hit him with Brady and Gronkowski uh, combo. So you went Bell. Let me see if I. You went Bell, Gronk, Brady. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. It, yeah. Riddick, and then 
No, no, no. Riddick, and then I came back with two picks, and I had a pick Landry and uh, Emmanuel because I didn't at that point I didn't have no receivers. Okay. Uh, so yeah, then I got my flex with Coleman, and then it was literally a craft shoot. Once I got my flex, it was like rolling the dice, pretty much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and also joining also joining us the other voice that you hear is my man Ken. Ken, what's going on, man? Man, I got a full belly. Um I actually had to <laughs> so you know, I, I so for those of you that, that don't know, I have a nine year old and we were having shrimp and grits tonight, which is one of my ah. favorites. But my son loved grits, so he didn't want to eat his pizza and he wanted to eat some shrimp. So it wasn't a lot of shrimp left. <laughs> so I had to make breakfast in order to put some food in my belly. So I'm full, man. I got that, that like eggs, I had hash browns, I had, oh, uh, and, and some grits. So yeah, I'm feeling good. So if I feel, if I sound sluggish, right, and coherent, right, right. So, yeah, so we're going to cut up? this podcast short. You're going to be sleeping in about 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> the itis will set in. Right. That's uh, no monster you hear. <laughs> that's no tornado. That's me snoring. <laughs> no, that's right. I know that's right. Uh, and and uh, hopefully uh, people will be joining us, but we want to thank you all for tuning in and listening as you do each and every week. Make sure that you pass the word. Like I said, we call this the place where sports opinions collide. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, man. Uh, let's first, let's take it to the NBA, man. Uh, uh, in the great words of my man, Lee Corso, not so fast, my friend. Uh, the Kyrie Irving, Isaiah Thomas trade has hit a snag. Um, now, we talked about it last week, you know, the big blockbuster deal that would send Kyrie Irving to uh, Boston and send Isaiah Thomas to Cleveland has hit a snag because there are some concerns right now about Isaiah Thomas's hip. Uh, the Cavs now are wanting more for, for this trade. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, at the time of this recording, we're recording this Wednesday, excuse me, Tuesday night. I think they have until Thursday to complete this trade. Uh, so they got like another day or so to complete this trade. If not, the trade becomes voided. So, B, I'll start with you. Do you think this trade is is in serious jeopardy of not happening? And uh, what should the Cavs ask for since they since they want? It's been rumored that they want more. Uh, what do you think they should ask for? Yeah, I think yeah. What I've been seeing is they, they they for this for Cavs to you know make this trade. I guess desirable for them with the uh, physicality of Isaiah Thomas. They looking at either Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, and I doubt that Celtics would give that up. They would be stupid if they do, if they give up one of the you know future young guys. You know, if they add him on, and if they don't ask for nothing in, re- if they still, if Cleveland's still giving up just Kyrie, you know, like, and then you asking for a young, you know, another young guy, a, a up and coming talent, and Tatum and um, or Jalen Brown. And we saw what Jalen Brown did this past postseason, man. He actually mm-hmm. kind of, you know, proved his worth. So, um, yeah, if I'm if I'm Celtics, if they if he if the Cavs do ask for, you know, if they do want another one of our young guys, you know, I would ask for some. You know, I would get maybe two, you know, ask for two pieces. I don't know what two pieces that would be, but I would ask for something. But that that would be crazy. And it, it's interesting with this whole isaiah thomas hip injury thing and it's like it makes me think that like it was that the reason why celtics was quick to kind of pull that trigger saying oh you giving us Kyrie, cool hey isaiah mm-hmm. peace you know what i'm saying so you know it, it just kind of kind of and you know they had concerns remember it was like little he say she say going on talks about that during the playoffs remember right 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 hurt. so you know i don't know if it's something 
you know, a little more serious than that that Boston know that they trying to keep under wraps. But um, if that's the case, then yeah, Boston, you are gonna have to chalk up another one of them young guns. Then if if, if you if you giving Cleveland a banged up someone that probably won't be the same Isaiah Thomas based off a hip injury. All right, B, you're Boston, right? <laughs> I, I'm I'm Cleveland. Now, you know, we we done made this deal. You already know that Isaiah Thomas don't want to come back. You already know that hip is messed up, and you don't want to take that back. So not only will you get a jacked-up hip, you're going to also get a player that don't want to be there, along with Jay Crowder. And So then, saying, right, so then ch- chalk up yeah. that L, uh, th- you know, throw in Jalen Brown, and ask for Cleveland for someone else besides just Kyrie. Like, right. You know, give me – Throw in a my shepherd and 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 who else? So you who want else? you want me to give Shump away? So you want Shump to kept sweeten the pot? Yeah, so I'm, 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 gi- I'm giving I'm, I'm giving you my defensive guy Crowder. So I want a defensive guy as well. And um and and my shepherd Brown too. So do I get Brown? You give me Jalen Brown. I I'm trying Brown, to think. <laughs> yeah, who else? Who else is on the Cleveland roster? I, I'm trying to think. Nobody. Shumper don't want to be here either. He's right, that, that, that's and that's why I said Shumper. That's why I like Shumper. He play. He plays defense. He, he's a good wing guy that plays defense. Um, who else do they have? Oh man! Because if I say to you, n- under those circumstances, that scenario, which is the scenario, I don't want and, no pick from you because you're gonna end up being right. like the top team in the East. So I want players. Shepard. I'm gonna look at their roster right quick because I'm yeah, not give, I'm not doing this trade unless you give me Brown. And if you want Shumper, you can have Shumper. But I'm not getting. I'm not doing this trade, and I think okay. That's no, what no, no. So what, what about what about, what about yeah? What if what if I give you Brown, but I want Shepard and somebody else? It's somebody on that roster that I'm gonna I'm gonna look at this roster and see who else I can get. You can man, you can have you 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 want uh you can have J.R. Smith. You can have uh K. Felder. You can have uh the the. I don't want the little the little the little. You talking about the five nine guy? The other yeah. Show? I, 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 t, <laughs> I t two I t two and a half because <laughs> he unproven. We don't know where he is. <laughs> right. He unproven. Um, He's a body. I guess the point is that, like, is is it in danger of falling apart? If, if Cleveland just stick to their guns be like, man, you, you, you tried to sell us a lemon, and you guys knew this, and I'm not budging, I'm not doing this trade unless you give me Shaylen Brown. And you can have somebody else from, from my roster, but – I need Jalen Brown because I don't know what's up with with Mr. Hip Check. I, I, I don't know, man. That makes, I, I, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> I mean, and now, and now that that these guys were so called, um, you know, just about officially traded, how you go back if you're Isaiah Thomas or Kyrie, how you go back to your respective teams, you know, after all this mess has, you know, has went down. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, man, it's, it, this is really interesting. This is this is interesting, man. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm really interested. My ears are perked up. I, I I'm really interested where where this goes. But you know, until it happens, then I'm gonna right, be like, right, okay. right. So we yeah. got a couple of days. We got a couple of days before yeah, we, got we get days. something. We got a couple of days. Yeah. Uh, Ken, what about you, man? Um, you know how how much jeopardy are, are they looking at on both sides of, of this trade not happening and. And what do you? Th- I know you just touched on it a little bit, but you know, what do you think the Cavs really should be asking for to make this to make them, you know, feel comfortable comfortable about you know making this deal go through? Well, yeah, I, I, you know what? I think I saw Brown, I saw Tatum out there, and I saw a pick. 
Um, for me, I would like um, a pick would be nice to prepare for the future. You're still hearing that LeBron's leaving. I've, but I think I would also like a guy that looks like he could play in this league in, in Jalen Brown. So if if I'm Cleveland, I know one thing. I know I'm going back to the finals this year with mm-hmm. LeBron, with uh, IT, K Felder, whoever you put in the – or Derrick Rose. Because that's the thing. IT – if it, 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 if it is hurt, they still have Derrick Rose, right? So if if they <laughs> really, I, I mean, it's LeBron, man. Just don't even think about the name. Just think, just LeBron. Okay. You 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 know you've seen LeBron take. Come on, man. Oh, of course, of Gibson. Course. All right. So I, I you know I know it's a, it's a laugher, true, and he has to stay healthy, also true. But the point I'm trying to make is that if you take a draft pick and forego a player Tatum Brown, um, then you don't have, then you know that with this roster, you can, you're going to go to the finals, especially in the East. And if I say a Thomas get hurt, you know, you have Derrick Rose to that, that's still there. So you're not like stuck without somebody. So in other words, you're not going to K Felder, I guess right. is what, what I'm trying to say. So, you know, so you have somebody that can actually step on the court and give you 18 and 5. Um, so, yeah, so I, I think they could look to the future. But on the flip side of that, we've seen, like B said, a little bit of Tatum. And we've seen in two years now, I think, um, Jalen Brown. So you already know what they can do. So if you want to go, if you want to go ahead and take a guy that you've seen versus a guy that you haven't, that could potentially be a bust then you may want to go ahead and, and get that asset now, knowing you have a first-round pick also to couple with him. So for me, if I'm Cleveland, I'm not accepting this deal without additional compensation. And I'll give you Shumpert because there was a report that Shumpert wanted to be traded. There was also a report that came out that said it wasn't true. But the fact is, it's out there. And if that's the case, then giving him up is is – yeah, I mean, you're not losing anything. So that that's what I would do. This trade has to happen. I just can't see a scenario where um, Isaiah Thomas has to go back to Boston and Kyrie Irving has to go back to Cleveland. I think both teams need to do whatever it takes to make this happen. Um, so much has been said. Uh, you know, Isaiah Thomas has, you know, he, he just recently made a statement, but, you know, he really hadn't said much up until this point. And, you know, Kyrie's been relatively quiet as well. Uh, you know, so both parties, you know, have kind of taken this thing with a grain of salt. Um, you know, there were rumors or rumblings, you know, that Isaiah Thomas was, you know, devastated by this trade. You know, this is a team that, you know, he, you know, he poured his heart and soul to. As we remember in the playoffs, his sister died. And two days later, he played and played his heart out for his team. Right. Um, you know, so it's. And so I know I saw a lot of tweets and stuff from guys in the NBA talking about the fact that there's no loyalty. I mean, this guy, his sister died and he played in a playoff game because he knew if he didn't play, they didn't stand a chance. Um, they didn't stand a know, chance either way. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he did he did uh, he did comment. Um, he said that he was he's not damaged. He said, you know, he'll be back and he said he'll be the same player. He said, quote, maybe I'm not going to be back as soon as the season 
Uh, I, I, excuse me. He said, maybe I'm not going to be back as soon this season as everybody wants me to be, but I'm going to be back. I'm going to be the same player again. No doctor has told me anything different than that, close quote. Um, he also said surgery was not the best op- – was was my best option. He aggravated the uh, the injury, and, you know, obviously it got worse uh, as it, as he played on. But he said he's he fully expects to be back healthy and 100%. Did not – you know, did not commit to saying that he is going to be back at the start of the season, but, um, you know, will be back nonetheless. And, and I think, you know, you have to take him at his word. And uh, but this deal has to happen uh, as far as what the Cavs should ask for. Um, I think they could probably, you know, be happy with a, a pick. I don't know which pick it is. I really can't see Boston coming up off one of these assets like uh, uh, the Brown kid or Tatum. You know, that's not going to happen because I think those are the future. Um, as far as what they're going to try to build around, you know, especially, you know, considering if they can sign Kyrie Irving. Um, but yeah, man, I, this, this has to happen. This has to happen. Uh, I think for all parties involved, um, you know, LeBron issued a little tweet or whatever, but he hasn't said much or anything like that. So, um, I just can't see it just like I couldn't see a scenario coming into play where Kyrie would be coming to camp. Uh, with the Cavs uh, after this has been put out there and every and we've all talked about it and everything like that. I'm almost positive that by the deadline for this trade, it's going to get done. I don't know how or what they're going to do, what type of compensation they're going to ask for. But I would be very surprised if this deal fell, fell through because uh, at the very least for all parties involved to you know kind of save face, this needs to. This guy, all he talked about in interviews um, it, it is it is Boston being a Boston legend going down as one of the greats. Like the city loved him, and yep. he played in a playoff game after his sister died, like the very next day, and they traded him like that meant nothing to them. And people, this this is a good case study when you talk about athletes leaving to go play. For another organization, yeah, I, you know, the the situation around Kevin Durant was different. Um, we we never argued against his right to do it because that's his choice. It was just mm-hmm. you know you know the situation, right, and and the means and and the scenario, right. But man, with, here's a guy that put up 53, and you got a chance to get a guy that you think is better, which Kyrie is better. I mean, everybody would, like, all of us would make this deal. Like, I would make this deal, even if, he, if if I was in that situation, even if he did play, you know, after his sister died. But I guess the point I'm trying to make is that they have no loyalty. Why should the players have loyalty in return? Right. Yeah, ain't no loyalty in it. I mean, you know, loyalty is, <laughs> is just a song on Kendrick's album. Uh, it's uh it's it's really about man it's a business and it's unfortunate but you know and people say that all the time but it really really truly is a business and you know ultimately you're an employee and you know as long as you're performing but you know they can get rid of you at any time and it doesn't matter who you are and it happens to everybody very few people get to play and play in the city or the, for the team that they want to play for their entire career and make all the money they want to be and, and be a legend. That that happens very, very few and far between. I mean, we saw arguably the greatest player to ever play, Michael Jordan, 
you know, he ended his career in Washington. Now, most people forget about those Washington days, but there's no reason why Michael Jordan shouldn't have been, you know, a bull for life and, you know, moved into the front office and possibly owned the Bulls. You know, so it happens. And it's unfortunate that, you know, Isaiah Thomas sees this side of the business, but that's what it is. And that's why I don't necessarily, we talked about this before. That's why I don't necessarily get mad at guys like Kevin Durant or LeBron for making decisions, making the business decisions that they're making, because you only have a small window of time to to where where you can control your own destiny. After a while, I mean, at some point, you know, Kevin Durant, and LeBron gonna be washed up, and they may bounce from team to team. You know, so we you have to take advantage of this time when you have it, particularly if you have that kind of power or cachet, and so um. I'm not mad at it, but it's it's unfortunate. But like you said, it's, it, there's there's no loyalty there. There's no loyalty there. So we will see how this one plays out. Um, Kim, were you able to get FIFA on yet? Well, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to throw it to him before we move to the next topic. Well, I, I you know hopefully we'll we'll get this worked out because you know I I added him, but it's it, it's not answering, and he says it looks okay. like a whole new app. So I don't know what's going on. His, his all right, man. So we'll move on. Uh, as you all know, unless you've been hiding on the rock, the quote-unquote fight of the year went down this past weekend. Floyd Money Mayweather goes to 50-0, and defeating Conor McGregor uh, in a boxing match. Uh, personally, I did not watch the fight. Um, so, B, I'll start with you, man. What were your thoughts on the fight, man? Um, yeah, I thought it it was, it turned out more entertaining than I anticipated. Um, that's what a lot of people know, said. Yeah, it it really did. Uh, the, you know, first three to four rounds, I, I actually had Connor winning those, like, you know, those first four rounds, you know, four rounds to zero. Um, fifth round, I was like, okay, Mayweather got that. He's starting to look comfortable. Sixth round, I was watching over at FIFA house. That's when I noticed. I said, wait a minute. I was like, kind of tired. I said, he breathing out his mouth. <laughs> I was like, you know, like I'm like, you know, Mayweather's still looking like he breathing through his nose. Like he had a nice light jog or whatever. And Connor over there breathing through his mouth. Hands all down, not guarding, not keeping his guard up and nothing like that. So, yeah, it, you know, of course, you know, and now looking back and listening to like the post-fight interviews and everything, you know, Mayweather pretty much planned this out from the get-go, you know, and then ta- and plus talking with Mike and FIFO and Ken, we talked about this on our podcast, is, is the mic still on briefly too, and um, yeah, like, looking at the fight live, I was like, wow, Conor McGregor is actually holding his own, you know, in this, these first few rounds, and like, Mayweather's not even throwing no punches, because he's keeping them at bay and all that stuff, and it's like, you know, like I said, listen to all the post-fight interviews, and then Mike brought up a uh, Mike out of all people brought up a point that like right <laughs> Mayweather, Mayweather pretty much had this plan from the get-go, and I was like, "Why are you right?" Because as I was watching the fight, I noticed, even I noticed, and I didn't think about this though, but Mayweather was like smiling the whole time. I think Mayweather kind of had his his like new version of rope dope, you know, even though he kind of clowned Ali for doing that against George Foreman, it was like. Uh, Mayweather, you kind of did that yourself a little bit, you know. Uh, you let Conor McGregor wear himself out because you know, training MMA, them shorts are a lot short. Them fights are a lot shorter than a boxing match. So they knew all along that this guy was going to run out of gas at some point. Hell, he run out of gas when he fight MMA, you know. So, <laughs> so yeah, they was like, oh yeah, he this is this is a definitely a marathon, and he's not going to last that long. Um, so 
Yeah, I think if 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 we would have saw uh, Mayweather, maybe if if he was fighting this Mayweather about five six years ago, Mayweather would have dropped him. I think it just would have been a matter of time of Mayweather dropping to the canvas. Um, but you know, Mayweather haven't fought in two years, forty years old. Watching this fight, I did see some signs where I was like, yeah, Mayweather's definitely forty. Like he's definitely <laughs> because it was certain punches that he was missing that he normally don't miss even though he was connecting on a lot of punches too but it was some punches where he was like where mcgregor was clearing his face and mayweather was just missing i was like man and like sometimes you know mayweather reflexes wasn't there at, at certain points i'm like yeah mayweather you 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 40 you know because you know i've been following dude career since he was since the 96 man so yeah like I noticed it was certain little signs. I'm like, yeah, Floyd, it's time to hang it up because you don't want to keep, you don't want to end up like Roy Jones or like just Evander Holyfield, like right, right, fighting just way too long. So, yeah, fighting way too long and being washed up too freaking long. So, you know, I think it's the perfect time for him to leave. You know, what else can you throw at him now? You you you, you threw an MMA dude out there to come at him. That's that was like the Floyd Mayweather of his of his arena in MMA and UFC and Conor McGregor. And you know Mayweather did work on him. So hey, what can I say? I th- like I said, I thought it was entertaining. You know, uh, I'm pretty sure Connor loved that paycheck he got. No um, question. Paycheck he've ever gotten, you know, in his fighting career. Um, but I still think he's gonna go back to fighting UFC because I think he, I think he just loves fighting UFC more. But um, them checks ain't gonna be coming that that like that no more. So, uh, but yeah, fight was entertaining. I, I enjoyed. It. I think for Floyd's last, you know, last fight. I think I think it did much better than Andre Berto, much better. So, uh, yeah, that's all I gotta say. Entertaining, no doubt, no doubt. Joining us is the homie Fifo. Fifo, what up, man? Uh oh. Hey. Yeah, there he is. There he is. What up, man? Chilling, chilling, man. Hey, let's get your opinion on. Uh, we'll we'll go back to the uh, basketball topic uh, when we finish this one. But I want to get your take on. Uh, we were just talking about Floyd. Uh, defeating Conor McGregor, going uh, uh, 50 and, 50 and 0. Uh, what's your overall thoughts on the fight, man? Man, I thought it was a great fight. I thought um, they they put on a show. I think McGregor came in there. He brought. He was fighting. He wasn't trying to box. And I think that's the difference. Even though we know that Mayweather has fought better fighters in terms of Canelo that has power and speed. Um, you know, everybody was hyping up Ricky Hatton. Um, because he had power and speed and obviously Conor McGregor had power and speed but the difference was is that these boxers they're trained to box so you get in there with Floyd you're going to result to boxing and you can't outbox Floyd that, right. that's a major problem you can't you're never going to be able to outbox Floyd Floyd is one of the best to ever do it but McGregor is not technically a boxer he is a fighter so he's coming out there. He's bringing it to Mayweather, and I think that was the biggest difference. I think we saw that he just ran out of gas. He, he he's not he's not a boxer, right? And the longest fight he had before this was 25 minutes. He he fought 28. You know when B and uh, Modest was over here and we was watching. By the fifth sixth round, Connor's starting to look up like, hey man, how much more time we got? <laughs> I'm, I'm dying out here. Like yo, you know so. I think that was the main thing. I think that if Connor had the stamina to last 12 rounds, I think he could have won the fight. I think it was a really good fight. Um, I caught the tail end of what B was saying. I agree. I think this is the best way for Floyd to go out. You went out, gave the people a great show. You got the obviously one of the biggest paydays ever in, in sports history. So, you know, shit. 
go, you know, leave, leave, leave that jump, leave that jumper hand up there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Leave that follow through up there. You know, walk off. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, Ken? Uh, your thoughts on the fight, man? Well, I, I, I didn't, I didn't want to watch it, um, but I did around fourth, <laughs> fifth, fourth and fifth round, thanks to uh, to Twitter, because I just went on Twitter, and um, you know, I saw the no- notification come up. Fight delay, streaming problem. I'm like, oh, see, they're already having issues. And then, um, after a while, we know, and I was, I was just sitting here working, and um, and I was like, man, let me see what's going on in this fight. And went to Twitter, and I saw that uppercut. I was like, oh, oh, I was like, oh my god, <laughs> he tagged Floyd because that all I heard was he's not gonna hit him, he's not gonna hit him, he won't be able to touch him. I've seen Floyd fight. And I saw the videos that B talked about last last show about the, the training videos on Instagram. I was like, oh, yeah, I, I don't think he's going to be able to touch him. And he touched him. And I was like, I was like, man, if Floyd get hit with a couple of more of those, he might go down. The problem was he didn't get hit with a couple of more of those. And, and that was the issue. He just got tired. And um, and that was it. And the thing I kept noticing that just bothered the hell out of me, I was like, put your hands up. Put your hands up. Because his hands were by his hip the whole time. And I'm like, dude, you're leaving yourself wide open. And I'm thinking to myself, I said, at any moment, Floyd could just go in there and just start tagging you. And as the as it went on and on and on, and we saw what happened. Floyd went in and he started, you know, tagging the head. And then that was it. The judge was like, it, it was enough. It got to a point where Connor, Connor – Kind of wouldn't even swing back. <laughs> when I think about the moment, I'm thinking about what Ralph said and B said about Floyd going out this way. Um, for one, I was glad the fight happened and is over. I don't have to hear about it anymore. And right. two, you know, I think about the way it went down, the, I guess, day of excitement and the surprise that we all got not from Floyd, but from Connor, and the fact that we got punches. Like, we saw Floyd, like, really punch, land, and, and hit a guy. And, I mean, unfortunately, it had to be a guy that never really, really boxed professionally before, but we didn't get that in the Pacquiao fight. And for me, I was appreci- appreciative of that because I got something that seemed exciting, and it went the way it should have went. Yeah, I agree. I, I think even though I did not watch the fight, uh, I just I, I had no interest in watching the fight. Uh, I woke up Sunday morning and um, I went to look at I, I got the notification. Obviously, when I woke up and I checked my phone, I got a notification that Floyd had won by TK. And I was like, OK, that's, that's what's up. And then I saw that it was the 10th round. I was like, OK, 10th round. I was like, OK, so if he went 10 rounds then, you know, really, that's pretty good for Connor, you know, because he's not a boxer. Uh, and, you know, somebody, I just, somebody sent me something on uh, email and I went to YouTube and the first link that was up there was the entire fight on YouTube. So I was like, okay, it's Sunday morning. I ain't got nothing else to do. I was like, let me, so I watched the first round and then Shout I fast forwarded. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I watched the first round and then I fast forward and I was, I was actually impressed by what he did in the first round. So I fast forwarded to the 10th, no, the ninth round. And I saw the difference and I was just, and that's all I needed to see. Really. You could, you could tell like people said he was out of gas, you know, and, and the, even the commenters said that too. And, um, 
you know, but you got to you got to tip your hat to it because I think he went probably a lot longer than a lot of people thought he thought that he did. And, um, you know, I think Floyd probably, you know, being a champion that he is knew that that was a, a possibility. OK, well, let me just, you know, he want to dance. Let, let's see how long he's willing to dance. And then, you know, Floyd being the, you know, technical boxer that he is, took his time and, and you know, just cut him up. So that got me to, you know, thinking about some other questions and things that I saw on, on Facebook and Twitter. And then I saw comments, people talking about he was the greatest of all time. So B, is Floyd May- uh, Mayweather the greatest boxer of all time? And if not, where would you rank him? Top five, top 10, top 20? Um, yeah, I would definitely, I would, I would rank him top five. Yeah, I would okay. have him top, I, I mean, I, no, I don't think he's the greatest of all time, but I would, I would probably have him top five and, and. Just in all boxers and weight class, just me, me per, mm-hmm. me per- I'll probably have them. Yeah, I have them top five. I'm pretty okay. sure, like, you know, folks who's older than me who's been watching boxing, you know, longer, it would probably, you know, have a different top five. But right, yeah, I, I, I'll put Floyd in my top five. What about you, FIFO? Uh, is he the greatest of all time, and where would you rank him? No, nah, not the person? greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he lacked the punching power to be considered the greatest. I think if he had that one thing, then yeah, I, I, hands down. But that's the one thing he lacked. But uh, he's definitely top five. He's definitely top five. I don't know where where exactly you put him. I think this is a question you really got to sit down and really think about. But yeah, he's top five, hands down. What about you, Ken? Uh, not greatest of all time, and I don't even think he's in my five. Okay. Um, he, he and like, and, and, excuse me, Ken. Kyle, well, like, what you basing this top five off of? Like, is this like skill? I mean, just like, I, I guess everything: the skill, the longevity, uh, the career. Obviously, you know, with him being fifty and zero, I mean, there's... if it's off longevity, I would say yeah, because I mean, he's definitely top five. Because look at Serena. Look how she's dominated her sport like for so long, and we we speak highly of her. I think Mayweather the same way. Like he's dominated his sport. The man started professionally boxing in 96, was a champion in 98, and hadn't looked back since then. So crazy. Yeah, that's top five right there. I'd probably put him in the top ten. Uh, I think he's definitely the best of his era. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that there's anybody of this era. Uh, I, obviously, you know, we can't compare, you know, compare and contrast as far as the the uh, heavyweights and the middleweights and flyweights and guys of that nature. You know, but then I think about, you know, if if he had come up in 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 maybe, let's say, the 80s or the 90s, you know, how would he have fared if he had moved up and let's say had to fight a Ray Leonard or Hagler or guys like that? Or, um, or Pernell Whitaker, man. Oh, my God. Sweet Pea Pe- Pe- was a beast, a man. beast. You know, but I take regardless of how I feel about Floyd personally, what he does in the ring, you can't take anything away from it. So, yeah, I would definitely say probably, I, you know, and I take that back. He's probably my top five. I probably put him in my top five, um, but I wouldn't. He's definitely not the greatest of all time. Um, How many times uh, he got he got he got strung up for domestic abuse? Ooh, uh, Floyd. Yeah, I I say on, I, well, I think it was only once the one he I actually had yeah, time for. You know, he, oh. I think he did like three months in jail. Hmm. But, I mean, it was other like rumors and stuff been going on by him, right. like, you know, abusing women for years, but. Um, yeah, I think the one he actually did time for that—that that was it. Yeah, fifty-one and zero, huh? <laughs> this, this, this fool, man. I know, right? <laughs> you stupid. <laughs> <laughs> All 
Uh, FIFO, before we move on to the next topic, let me uh, double back from FIFO. Um, we talked a little bit about the uh, Kyrie Irving and Isaiah Thomas trade. Uh, you know that you know the, the trade has hit a snag, um, mm-hmm. and the, you know the Cavs are wanting more. Uh, so, two two part question. You know, how much do you think this trade is in jeopardy of not happening? And the second part is, what do you think the Cavs should ask for to complete this trade? I think. Um... Boston values Kyrie that much that they're going to make this trade happen. I think Cleveland wants this trade to go through because I don't think they want to have Kyrie in training camp, Uh, especially right now. We already know what kind of has transpired between Kyrie and Braun, and then you trade him, and then he's back. I I, I just I don't know how that goes over. Again, I've been saying from the beginning, Boston was the best trade partner for them. And I've also said from the beginning, you got to give me one of the youngins. So for me, I wouldn't even completed this deal without one of the youngins. So I think that's probably what Cleveland is wanting. I don't know if that's what Boston is willing to give up. Hey, so people, think, hey, yeah. people. So if you, if and me and Ken was talking about this earlier. So if you Boston and you know you you and Cleveland say, hey, you, we want one of these Browns or Tatum. Mm-hmm. Who who you think the Cavs should give up? You know who else they should they put in that poll? Is just besides Kyrie from Cleveland? Um, I don't think Boston wants anything else that Cleveland has to offer. So you know, if you trade either one of them, it's not really going. You're not gonna. Cleveland is not gonna have to give up anybody unless they're over 15 players on the roster. I'm not sure how many players they have under contract right now. But in terms of a money perspective, those guys are on rookie deals, so they don't like you know they're like one percent. You know what I'm saying? Five percent of the total trade value. So you can get rid of a guy like that and not have to take anything back. Um, but. Again, I, I just I don't I don't see I just I, I don't I can't see it like the, the whole trade faltering like it's it's just not a good situation overall. Yeah. And again, I think Boston values Kyrie too much to not allow this to happen. And also because I.T. is injured. So moving forward, if, 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 if the, the deal gets rescinded, where does Boston go from here? That's a good question. man. I have no clue. You know, they, they, they don't really because you can't bring him back. That's what I'm saying. So so they, the deal has to get done. If I'm Cleveland, obviously, now you have the leverage. Now you have the leverage. But if I'm boss, I'm not I'm, I'm not trying to give up one of the youngins. I'm honestly not. So what you, you got to do, man, some got to give. Some got to give. You, 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 I, that's what I would say. Like, like they have seven picks like in the next two drafts. Give up two more picks. Like I'll give you all types of future assets because you know what? Look, if they don't, if they don't, if they don't make, if Cleveland does not make a deal for a Demarcus Cousins or something like that, there's no way LeBron stays. So, so you got to start thinking about that future. So, and Boston is 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 the gateway to the future. They have so many picks, man. You you got to make a deal. You got to make a deal. Do you think Cleveland did this on purpose? Like they knew. That he wouldn't fa- pass the physical, but they agreed mm-hmm. to it anyway, just so they can kind of, you know, uh, strong arm them into, into making the deal. Um, seems a little I mean, suspect. It, it does, but I think it just speaks to the level of desperation of the situation between LeBron and Kyrie. Mm-hmm. And you got to keep in mind too that we, like we talked about before, like Boston FIFO mentioned it, but for the most part. You know, 
a lot of people didn't peg Boston as a potential trade partner for them. So when this deal came across, you know, I'm I'm pretty sure they 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 were chomping at the bit to make it happen. But I guess what I'm saying is that Cleveland knew that if if they agreed to the trade, and a couple of days later they put Isaiah Thomas through a physical, and in other words, they they suspected all along that he wasn't going to pass, right? But publicly, every this trade is done. So right now, both organizations are in a bond. So in order to save face, you're kind of looking at Boston like, hey, you you got to do something now because we heard what IT thinks about the move, and you everybody already knew about the the help anyway. So it's almost like they're trying to they agree to the trade. Put it out there publicly, and then say, "Hey, we're gonna take this back." And it's almost forcing Boston to give something else up in order to make this happen. I don't know, man. I don't know yeah. because at the end of the day, you know, everybody everybody knew before the trade happened that it was injured, and we all knew that he didn't. He elected not to have surgery. He wanted it to heal naturally, which I understand. You know, the hip is a major major joint. So I, I get that. Um, so you, so to me, Cleveland, you were taking a calculated risk anyway by trading Kyrie or acquiescing to his demands. That was a risk in itself. So, so I don't think that they, that they had ulterior motives in terms of trying to make this deal with Boston. I think that, again, this was the best trade partner um, they were willing to give up the most because think about it, just 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 in, in, in your mind's mind, right? Like just go around the NBA. Who has the assets to get Kyrie right now? Just think about it. Like Phoenix doesn't want to give up Josh Jackson. If they take mm-hmm. him off, off off the table, then who else? Brooklyn ain't doing nothing. They ain't got no picks. You ain't take you ain't taking D'Angelo Russell. You know what I'm saying? Like. Miami ain't got nothing. Who, who you taking back? Deion Waiters? The guy you shipped off? That's not happening. You taking back Goran Dragic? That's not happening. You know what I'm saying? Who from San Antonio are you taking? Right. Who from Minnesota are you taking? Because you still can't trade Jeff Teague until like December 15th. Right. You know, so 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 what what truly who else is going to give you what Boston gave you? And Right now, because of that situation between Braun and Kyrie, you got to make it work. I don't know what they asked for. Again, if I'm Boston, I'm not trying to let go of one of those youngins. But if I got to, then you got to. You know what I'm saying? But I would try to give them more picks. Yeah, I would start with picks first. I think picks are are your safe because... You know, they the, idealistically they want to build around the Browns and the uh, and and the Tatum's and and, cat, and kids like that. So it, along with Kyrie, you know, uh, presuming that they can re-sign him. So I, I'm with you, man. It, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. As we mentioned, I think they have until Thursday at ten or two or something like. That. I'm sorry, I don't have the time in front of me, but I know they have until Thursday to get this done. Um, you know, time is ticking, the clock is ticking. So we'll see what, what what Cleveland has and and see what you know Boston can pull off. But this, like like people said, man, I, I think this deal has to happen. It just just to save face for all parties involved, because you can't go back to what it was, and nobody else is going to be able to give you this kind of deal on the table. So we'll see how it plays out, and pretty sure we we'll be talking about it again next week. Um, moving on to the NFL. 
Uh, Matthew Stafford gets paid. My man, Matthew Stafford's new contract extension will make him the highest paid player in the NFL. Ken, is this good or bad for the NFL? Oh, this is bad. This is bad. This is good for everybody (laughs) that's about to get paid. But if you think about the long-term effects of what this deal could potentially do, especially like who's out right now? Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins doesn't have a contract. And because and Stafford is better than Kirk Cousins, but you best believe that Kirk Cousins is going to get this type of money because of the way the market has risen um, for quarterback pay. Now, where I could potentially see this impacting the NFL is in if you're paying your quarterback all the money, what do you have left to spend? How do you afford an Odell Beckham Jr.? How do you afford a Le'Veon Bell or a, a, a Zeke, you know what I'm saying, or David Johnson? You run into a problem with balancing out the roster because you're spending all of your money in one position, and quarterbacks are hard to find. So when you get a guy with the talent level of Stafford, you have to pay him, but then you also run the risk of paying only him. And (laughs) that's the issue. And you're relying on him to constantly come back the way he has had to in the NFL um, over and over again because the talent isn't balanced on that team or in the future, any um, future NFL team. So, so yeah, congratulations to Stafford. I think, I definitely think he deserves to get paid. I think he's earned it. Um, there are a lot of quarterbacks in the league that has talent but are unable to perform when it matters most, and he's proven that he can do that. He still has some things he got to do, like win a playoff game. But you know you have a piece there. But now what are you going to do with the rest of it? So, um, so yeah, so that, that's why I think this deal is, is a problem for the NFL. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, FIFO? Uh, like I said, Stafford, man, he's he's going to make more than Aaron Rodgers. He's going to make more than Brady. He's going to make more than everybody else in the NFL. Is this good or bad for the league? I, I'm indifferent. I, I I don't I don't think it's good or bad. Uh, okay, mainly because in the NFL, it's all about timing. It, it, it's when you sign the deal. The last guy to sign the deal is going to be the highest paid at their position. Because we saw it a couple years ago when Richard Sherman first signed. Uh, uh, his deal, he was the highest paid cornerback. And then two days later, um, oh, why, why, why am I drawing a blank? You know I'm bad with names. Cornerback uh, from uh, Arizona. Uh, Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson signed a deal, and then he was the highest paid. It's all about timing in the NFL. And I don't think it's bad because, like Ken mentioned, the most important position on any 53-man roster is the quarterback position. And if you have – a guy with any level of talent, you're going to have to pay for that talent at that position. The way that you balance out a roster, Ken, is called the draft. And guys like Bill Belichick, uh, they master that. If you look at Pete Carroll, they've mastered that. Uh, uh, even I, I have to give props where props is due. Even the Falcons... <laughs> drafted well in the last two years because now they have an identity, right? So that's how you are able to have turnover. That's how you're able to acquire talent on the cheap. And some of them you got to let go. 
and some of them you keep. That's all part of the evaluation process. Some teams are better than others. So that's why I don't think it's a major problem for the NFL. Because Aaron Rodgers, guess what? When he signs his deal, he's going to be the highest paid. Tom Brady's never going to be the highest paid because he plays for New England and that coach up there. Right. Right? So so at the end of the day, it, it, it doesn't hurt him. I definitely think, and this is going a little bit off topic, that the NFL players need to have guaranteed contracts. I think that they need to increase the salary cap so that way you can keep more players on a team um and, and you know just just I, I think those are the two things the nfl needs to do i don't think that that this sends shock waves through the nfl at all at all this this is business as usual no doubt no doubt uh last but not least man uh the lone detroit lions fan on this podcast my man bz 430 what up, though? Tell, speak on it, man. Uh, your, your QB is going to be the highest paid, man. Uh, I sent the text last night, and you you said that the Lions are going to go seven and nine. Um, is this good or bad for the NFL? And, and what's your uh, your personal take on it, man? I think it's just just the same way with NBA as you uh you know like as the market. It's just the market value of a QB now. Um, Lions wanted to lock him up for these next what five years or whatever right, so right, five years yep the craziest thing i can say too and i was telling my homies this too is in my lifetime matthew stafford is the best quarterback <laughs> and you know like if for, for for real for the lions you know that i what about, ever, uh, what about scott mitchell he was he was decent uh, for a while. Uh, no no he i'm joking man i'm joking i'm joking trash cam bums dude uh, barry sanders pretty if, much if, carried if, our team yeah if sanders had a halfway decent quarterback to play with right man. So, like I said, Matthew Stafford is probably the, the greatest franchise quarterback for the Lions. So, you know, we locked him up. It's like, what else can you do? I mean, if we if we if we start over from scratch, you know, do we want to go through that whole process? The guys know the system. He, the players love him. The coaches like him. You know, we might as well keep him. You know, it's just like, what what other options do we have? You know what I'm saying at this point? Um, you know, lock him up. I still I I don't think we're going to be a playoff team anyway. You you yeah it's crazy from the outside looking in looking at a guy that never won a playoff game he's like five and twenty nine on the road against teams with winning records mm. um yeah it, it's just like you know it's just a growing rate man it's just the rate of the QBs this is where we going same way with NBA when these agents be signing all this money we be like damn why they making all this money it's just the market value that's just what it is this is this was, he was coming up on his contract year too so the Lions wanted to get that out the way and just. Make sure they lock him in for the next few years. So, I mean, at this point, I think he's just going to retire a lion. Um, let's just hope we get some pieces around him and, and, you know, get that defense, get that O-line beefed up some. You know, hopefully we can make a run at, at, at some point. I don't know. I would like to see a Lions in the Super Bowl in my lifetime. Damn. Um, <laughs> and, and you know, go ahead, Viva. Uh, my, my bad. You, you know, um, another thing, too, for Matthew Stafford, you know, part of the reason why – I think he's getting this money. It obviously, you know, B B gave you all of the records. Like he, he hasn't won a playoff game. But let's be honest, and I'm not calling him a top ten quarterback, but he has top ten arm talent. That's yeah. undeniable. I mean the dude I think the dude's been he threw for like he's been throwing for more than like four thousand yards, like for the past three or four he's been like Drew Brees like damn near, just minus the Super Bowl ring. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> as far as his stats. You know, as far as his like just strictly stats. Dude has a cannon for arm. I mean, you can't like I say, he's the best. He's our all-time greatest QB franchise QB. Is uh, is no denying it. I mean, hey, you know, if you look at the pole of talent 
that we've had since the day we drafted Barry Sanders up to now is 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 bar none. He's clearly the best QB we ever had. So, you know, I get it. You know, to go throwing money. We got to do something. We just got to get Bill Talent around him, man. You know, I mean, because he he can put up the numbers. I right. mean, numbers. He's he's put up some numbers. This is unfortunate. They just haven't translated into wins and playoff wins at that. So, and we only been to playoffs twice since we drafted him. Okay, that was gonna be my next question. Um, been to playoffs twice. Yeah, I I think it's uh, I don't think it's good for the NFL. It's great for Stafford. I'm I'm happy for him. Get your money because I'm all for guys getting their money. Um, I watched Stafford, you know, when he was at Georgia, um, and then you know, obviously coming to the league, having you know, Calvin Johnson on on his squad and everything like that, and he and he is a a very I think he's I think he's on that you know second tier of NFL quarterbacks that we talk about, um, you know, those that are not you know the elite, but maybe that second level of quarterback, and you know, the market basically concedes that he needs to be paid like that. I mean, it's it's a it's it, that's that's the way that's where football is at this point, you know, contract wise. So I get it. Um, but it's not good for the NFL in the sense of, like you said, other guys, the Aaron Rodgers. Now, Brady, you know, <laughs> Brady, like you said, plays for New England. Plus, his wife makes more than he does. So he's probably not going to try to hit you know them over the head. You know, but obviously, if you dump a lot of money into one put one particular position, then you know it doesn't have a lot of flexibility. Now, unlike the NBA, it doesn't have a lot of flexibility salary cap wise where you can spend in other places. And you know you don't have to necessarily account for guys on minimum deals like you do in the NBA, and it's less people. Um, but it's going to be interesting. And the reason why I say it's not good for the NFL is because the, with the upcoming uh, labor strife that we're going to be looking at in three years from now, that's what I'm saying. The NFL owners are going to dig in because they're going to say, well, look, our salaries are too high. And they're going to want, you know, a hard cap and they're going to want to try to to, you know, take as much money as they can. Uh, I think FIFA has a great idea as far as the the guaranteed contracts. I would love to see that happen in the NFL, but the players have to be advocates for it um, and they have to fight for it. And I know that that's something, you know, you go in, in, in negotiations, you know, you're going to give up something to get something. Uh, you know, I'm interested to see how hard they will fight for those type of things. You know, will it be because of the nature and the attrition of the sport? I don't expect them to. I don't expect everybody to have guaranteed contracts. But you know, if you have more people that do have guaranteed contracts, I think you'll see a little bit more financial flexibility from the players as well as the owners. So um, now, with the, with an upcoming labor strike, you know, possibly in three years, I don't think this is good for the NFL, but it's great for Matt Stafford. Like I said, get your money, man. I'm happy for you. Um, Moving on, college football. We had a couple of games this past weekend, but college football officially kicks off this weekend. Um, so, I'll, Ken, I'll throw it to you, man. Um, what teams are you looking forward to seeing this year? Or any particular games are you looking forward to seeing this year? Um, definitely the game kicking off this weekend, um, Alabama, Florida State. Thanks. Um, uh, def- definitely Lamar Jackson. Been hearing a lot about Sam Excuse me. I've been hearing a lot about Sam. You still Arnold. eating, Ken? No. <laughs> Ken's over no. there taking breaks. He's eating. He's still eating <laughs> shrimp and grits. <laughs> no, no. I told, you, I told you we only had thirty minutes with Ken, man. Oh man. Um, no, the the quarterback Sam Arnold, right? That's that's. Oh yeah, name, right? Sam. Uh, yeah. Yeah, been been hearing a lot about him. I didn't really get a chance to watch him play a lot, so I'll, I'll watch him this year. 
to see if he's the real deal. Uh, but really the guy I'm looking forward to seeing this year, of course, is, is Lamar, Lamar Jackson, man. That's it, to see if he can take the next step and uh, and take his game to an, another level. I'm, I, look, man, all I'm going to say is this. I'm happy for my Hurricanes. They, this is the <laughs> highest ranking they done had like in the last five, six years. Hey, Margaret got him back, man. He got him back. You know, look, I, I think that that was the right move. Uh, I think Kirk Herbstreit has said that he predicts the um, UM to win the ACC. So you know, I'm, I'm just I'm just happy for the Hurricanes, man. Hopefully, we're back. We know Margaret can get talent. Mm-hmm. South South Florida has a lot of football talents. Ton of talent. So ho- hopefully, hopefully, we can get back, man. I'm, I'm gonna just leave it at that. <laughs> Well, I will say this much, man. It it definitely balances out college football when Miami is good. That's 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 definitely sure. Um, what about you, B? Uh, any teams or players in particular or games that you're looking forward to? Um, this weekend, yeah, definitely the uh, Alabama Florida State game at Mercedes Benz. Yes, sir. Um, that Michigan and Florida uh, game. Ooh, yes, uh, yes. That's, that's gonna be a bar. Uh, yeah, looking forward to checking that one out. And I think this weekend I was the only one. I think that West Virginia and Virginia Tech is going to be a good one. That's going to be a Sunday nighter. Um, I think that's about it as far as just this opening weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, same here. I, I'm definitely as a Florida State fan. I'm definitely looking forward to Florida State, Alabama. Uh, still trying to pull some strings on some free ninety tickets to that game. Uh, so y'all pray for your boy. Um, <laughs> so I'm trying to be in the building. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it, it's, I'm, I'm looking forward to that obviously, but, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what Clemson does. Uh, you know, can they bounce back without Deshaun Watson? I think the biggest, you know, one of the biggest question marks that they have obviously is that quarterback, you know, how do you replace the guy who, you know, led you to, you know, national championship? Um, Lamar Jackson obviously is going to be great to watch. Um, Penn state, uh, Penn state is look, they're looking to do big things. Um, they got a running back. I can't remember the kid's name. The kid's a beast. Um, looking forward to seeing him and seeing how he how well he plays. He's going to be a Heisman candidate. Uh, Ken, you mentioned USC. I'm always interested as to how USC is almost always in the preseason uh, top ten, but like you you rarely know a lot about them. You know, um, and I know part, part of it's because where we live. We we for those of you listening, we live the four of us live here in Atlanta, but. You know, to be honest, Pac-12 games really don't get a lot of play. And a lot of times when Pac-12 games come on, you know, it's 11, 12 o'clock at night. So a lot of people on the East Coast don't watch Pac-12 games. I do because I love watching college football. Um, so I'm interested to see how UCLA plays, how, U- how USC does. Um, and then obviously, uh, I'm in, I, I, y'all know I don't like Urban Meyer, but uh, Ohio State stacked, man. They're stacked again. So it's. I'm I'm really interested to see how they look. Ohio State, Alabama. Uh, I think the Alabama LSU game is going to be critical this year, as as it is each and every year. Um, but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to. I'm I'm a huge fan, man. So I'm one of those people that, on a week to week basis, there's like one or two games, sometimes two or three games, that I can watch that I look forward to watching. So um, I'm 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 glad, man. Like like the kids say, it's lit. I'm glad college football is back. <laughs> I will be right in front of the TV on Saturday afternoon. Don't bother me. Don't text me. Don't call me. You know, I, that's that's what I do. So I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. 
Um, as I mentioned, college football does kick off this weekend, so make sure that you check it out. We'll be talking a lot of college football, obviously, as the season progresses. Uh, of course, you know, we're still going to talk NBA, still going to talk NFL and Major League Baseball as well. Uh, speaking of Major League Baseball, um, uh, you met Giancarlo Stanton, uh, who currently leads the Major League Baseball in uh, in home runs, uh, recently made some headlines when he said that uh, Roger Maris's uh, record of 61 single season home runs was he viewed that as the record and not the 73 uh, home runs that were hit in a single season by one Barry Lamar Bonds. Um, so basically he's saying that, like, look, he views 61 as the the record and not uh, 73 FIFA, what, what What's your thought? What's your thoughts about that, man? You know, I, I, and I think we we talked about the whole steroid Barry Bonds thing uh, way back when we mm-hmm. did a video, video on it. So yeah, so so make sure you go to the channel, go check out that video. I think it's probably like maybe one or two years old now, or not, definitely not one. It's probably like two or three years old now. But um, I I don't have no problem. I don't. Everybody what? is. <laughs> of course, of course, of course. Look, look let, let me explain the reason why I don't have a problem. Everybody doesn't have to accept what Barry Bonds has became later on in his career, right? Like there was question marks, right? right? Like, like let's be honest, there there was question marks. You know, he never tested positive, but nope. everybody is entitled to believe what they want to believe. Giancarlo Stanton, he 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 doesn't believe that Barry Bonds was true to the game, and he's G checking him. That's all. That's that's. This is all that is. And you know why he's G checking him? Because he's one of the few people that could probably break break the record. And I don't think we have to question if this guy, you know, is 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 on the juice or not. At least not for me. Not when I watch him play. From from the moment this man stepped on the diamond, he he's he's been he he's been that damn big. You know, like this this guy, he makes some football players look small. Mm-hmm. You know, Carlos is a he is. A freaking thoroughbred. This guy is the truth. So if if that's how he feels, right, and he feels he's been true to the game, and one of the greats hasn't been, this is just his way to G check him. I, I'm 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 okay with it. I don't I don't have no problems because y'all already know how I feel about Barry Bonds. I just I don't understand how your numbers go up when you get old. That that's that's that the great. opposite. <laughs> no, it does not happen because even the great Michael Jordan wasn't averaging no thirty some points a game at forty. It, it doesn't happen, Ken. Different you sport. Can, you can be, look, you 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 can believe whatever you want to believe, but I am telling you, Father Time is undefeated. At forty, Thanks. you're not going to have your best season. That that naturally does not happen. Everybody's Thanks, got very <laughs> uh, and, and keep in mind, folks, at, at the time of this recording, John Collar standing hit his fifty first home run. Um, I think he's he's set a record for the most home runs hit in the month of August uh, with, what, about a little more than a month and a half left. Uh, Safe to say that he could get uh, 61 home runs. Um, You know, I don't know if he can necessarily get 73, but he's he's coming out of the mouth saying that he views 61 as the record. Uh, B, what's your take on that, man? Uh, you know, I mean, people they going they gonna hate on the they gonna hate on the black man. You know what I mean? They're gonna hate on the brother. You know what I'm saying? They gonna hate on the brother. He didn't he didn't test positive for steroids. And I'm pretty sure 
Uh, Barry Bonds is going to go up and get some steroid pitchers too. Of course. I mean, at this point, Roger Clemens, huh? Roger Clemens was one. That's what I'm saying. So I mean, I'm pretty sure at this point, at this point, if 75 to 80 percent of players was was juicing during the you know Barry Bonds era, then I mean, it's pretty much even playing field if you ask me. Um, but yeah, man, you know it's. Hating on the brother. That's all that is. It's hating on, <laughs> hating on the damn brother. I hate to be the one to say that, but that's what it is. It's hating Yo, on. Yo, is brother. this camera still on? That's what I mean. <laughs> is the camera still on? Cause y'all need to see my face right now. <sighs> hating on, hate, hate, hating and, and on the this, brother. This is one of the times where we needed to be hating, real. Hating on Barry Bonds, man. We all leave Barry Bonds alone because he 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 got the freaking home run record. They was hating on hey hey Aaron for passing Babe Ruth. Hating on the brother. Just hating. Come on, man. Ken, what about you, man? Uh, 61 <sighs> over 73, man. The math don't add up, or does it? It, it, it don't for for uh, Giancarlo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> his math is off. Look, man, I, to be fair to Giancarlo Stanton, because he's a big dude. I don't want to come in after me. Um, I don't want yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want any problems. Look, when I first saw this, I was like, what? I, I just couldn't believe it. I was I felt insulted, and I, I felt like B. But I don't know if he's talking about um, Roger Maris is 61, or he has to, because Mark McGuire hit 70, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so he's basically discrediting. Well, yeah, Mark, discrediting Mark McGuire and, and Sammy, Sammy Sosa. Sosa. Yeah, yeah. They they the the three of them, McGuire, Sosa, and Bonds, all cleared 61. Yeah, but see, McGuire was was cool with the brothers, man. He was cool with Sammy Sosa, who was a brother at the time. He's not a brother. He don't look like a brother anymore. But but, but back in the day, back in the day, Sammy Sosa looked like one of us. Go look it up. Go to Google Images. Um, anyway, I just I was like, man, like we are we really gonna do this? The record is the record, man. Like your boy. Barry MLB Bonds. has it down for 73. Right. right. It's 73. McGuire hit 70. And it is what it is. So while Carlos Stanton, Giancarlo Stanton out here talking all this crap about what the real record is, he needs to worry about how he's hitting all of these home runs. And I'm not talking, Raph, about um, whether or not he's juicing or anything like that. I'm talking about the balls being juiced themselves. Because all season long, they've talked about the increase in the home run rate this year, and they think that the balls have been altered in some kind of way to allow for this surge in home runs. Because but so, but also part of <clears throat> excuse me, also part of that equation is that this year pitchers are throwing more fastballs than ever as well. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, true. Okay, okay. I, I see you, FIFO. I see you, FIFO. <laughs> hey, man, I got um, the audio, man. With I got the audio. <laughs> yeah, I have anything, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I see you can come back from that. Um, <laughs> I, I think uh, I'm sitting here. I'm looking at it, man. Um, Okay, so there has been, since Roger Maris did it, yeah, Sosa hit 63 one year. He hit 64 one year. McGuire hit 65 one year, then Sosa came back and hit 66 one year, and then McGuire hit 70 one year, and then obviously Bonds hit 73. 
Um, you know, and we we all know the saying, chicks dig the long ball. I think personally, I think it's a slap in the face to Barry. Now, I, I can't, I, I I can't and won't go to bat for Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire, but to me, now I I'll be clear, I don't care about the steroid era. And the reason, and I'm a baseball fan, but and the reason why I say that is because everybody knew what was going on. Major League Baseball knew what was going on, right. and they turned a blind eye. And we talked about it on the video. We are, <laughs> I remember that video, people, because we argued, we argued the whole video, and then like when the video went off, like we kept <laughs> we kept arguing in the park. Um, but yeah, man, it, it's so baseball didn't care. So to be honest, I don't care. I, I think just personally. Barry Lamar Bonds was the best baseball player that I have ever seen in my life. And that was before he had took that. That was before he took one drop of steroids, you know, and and so that's just me and what I've seen. So I don't knock Barry Bonds for the 73. The record is what it is. We we saw it with our own two eyes. And, and, you know, like B said, it's in it's in the record books. You know, now whether or not you want to put an asterisk by it or anything like that, I don't know. Bonds never tested positive for uh, any performance enhancing drugs. Um, you know, McGuire and Sosa, you know, they, you know, they they came up shady, uh, you know. But again, even in those two, I, baseball didn't care so, at the time. So I don't care. Um, I think it's a little bit funny that Stanton saying this now when he has a chance and when he clearly has a chance. He's at 51 now at the time of this exactly. recording. He has a chance to beat. Yeah, it's, it's coincidence. He has a chance to beat sixty-one. So at the very least, we know he can get to sixty-one. He probably can't get to seventy-three, but you know, trust me, there's a whole bunch of people that are rooting for him to get to seventy-three because they want to erase Bonds' name from the history books. But so some bad. of the same people that you so know, and, and it's it's crazy because I told you guys, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I went to the Braves game and it, it felt weird to me to see these people, you know. Love and revenge. It was like stand. Hank Aaron came out and it was like stand up and give your applause for the home run king. And I'm like, come on, man. Y'all call him the home run king. Y'all didn't want him to break Braves rules record. You know he was getting death threats. Yeah, you know exactly. So and some of the same people are you know championing Hank Aaron now that he's old and you know in in the later stages of his life. So you know it's it's revisionist history, man. I don't. I yeah exactly. Exactly. So I don't. They started loving Ali until he started shaking. (laughs) Ah, I'm serious. That's how it was. They they couldn't stand him when he was able to talk and speak his mind. As soon as he started shaking, as soon as he started being quiet, all of a sudden everybody want to love him now. (laughs) Facts only. I can't even finish my point. Hey, hey, yeah, be keeping it one thousand though. I agree with you, B. I ain't even laughing, bro. I agree with you one thousand. I mean, I'm not laughing at Ali. I'm not laughing at Ali. I'm laughing at B. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> I forgot. But, you know what? But Barry Barry hit three twenty eight oh. that year, man. So he didn't sacrifice uh, hitting power for average, like. He was still hitting the ball really, really well. And you know what, Ken? And we talked about this before on previous podcasts. I still don't know that, and and I'm I'm not for drugs, but I still don't know that taking steroids helps you actually hit a baseball. It might make you hit it farther, but does it make you hit the ball? He hit 370 the following year. Go ahead, Ralph. Exactly. Look, 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 look. I'm not hitting a baseball is a skill. 
Right. Barry Bonds was one of the greatest to do it. All I'm saying is with age and attrition, at 40, you can't hit 400, 400 <laughs> feet no more. That, that just don't – look, if can, can, how old are you? Don't even 41. put that out there. Because, okay, 41. He's 50. 41. 41. I know Ken is no major professional athlete, but you put that man on a basketball court right now and see what happens. And I'm 33. See what happens. But back when he was around my age, back when he was around my age, he could run with me, but he can't do it at 40. (laughs) Not even even close. I'll put you like this. Outside of major professional athletes, any 40-year-old that's in Atlanta right now, come holler at me on the basketball court and see what happens. And I'm not even nowhere near what I used to be. But I guarantee you the majority of 40-year-olds can't run with me, man. I guarantee you. Hey, was that you that posted the picture of, of the fellas at uh, Central Park after playing ball? I sure did. Oh, it. man. It, it, it took me back, and I'm like, man, that's how it is. That's how you get old. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. man you got to reminisce. Agree. That's all you can do. And that's all you can do. I, and I agree with you, man. I mean, yeah, we saw Barry Bonds. Body increase in size, head increase in size, hat size increase in size as he got older. You know, now if you want to take stuff to make your nuts shrivel, hey man, knock yourself out. I, I that ain't my style. I don't kick it like that. But hey, you know, I I still say, man, like you said, it it takes a skill, and it's very few people that can hit a baseball three out of ten times efficiently every time that they you know come up to to bat and. Barry Bonds is one of them. He's one of, like I said, one of the greatest hitters. One of the greatest, to me, greatest baseball player I ever saw. Yep, the best baseball player of all time. Yeah. Okay, look, look, okay, fine. You can make that argument, and, and, and I wouldn't even argue it. But one of the things that made Barry Bonds great, right? And, and, and you know, I don't watch baseball like that, but I, fo- I follow greatness. I always mm-hmm. follow greatness. I, I, I know what I know, right? One of the things that made Barry Bonds a great hitter is he swung late because he had tremendous bat speed. X. How in the hell do you maintain that at 40? I, I digress. That's I, a good I, question. I mean, you know the, what? He was the MJ of, of, of baseball. He was the LeBron of <laughs> no, baseball. Can, no, 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 no. He can do it. Okay, not the MJ, but he's the LeBron. He can do it all. Pause right there. Pause right there, Ken. What was MJ doing at 40? Fadeaways. No, no, no. He was averaging less than 20 points a game. We oh, talked about he, guy. He averaged, Jordan averaged like 22, 23 in Washington, right? No, he was like Okay, okay. Hey, but what is he LeBron doing right now? What is LeBron doing right but now? LeBron is my age. But he's been playing Ask for 15 years. Doing seven years from now. Ask me what LeBron is doing seven years from now. LeBron is still in his early 30s. But that's a different sport, though, Rafi. You know that. That is a no, difference but, between running up and down the court and then Ken, and walking up Ken, every three innings to hit a ball. Ken, name me a dominant 40-year-old in any sport besides your guy. <laughs> name one. Name one outside of Barry. Hey man, mm-hmm. black black don't crack, man. Black, black, this shows the, the greatness of, 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 <laughs> so, of the African American. So Jordan, race. two years at Washington, he averaged twenty two point nine points a game and twenty points a game. There that's pretty damn good. Twenty. Yeah, that's still good at forty. No, no, of course it's still good at forty, but it's a decline. Oh no, Where's no, no question. No question. Yeah, that's the decline years, from thirty two. But right. he was out of the game for two years. Ken, Ken. 
Stop making excuses <laughs> for your boy. All I'm saying is, where is the degression? Because you could progress, but then there's a regression. Where, where did it happen for Barry? Uh, it's supposed to happen to every human yeah. being, and it did not happen to him. Why, Ken? What's Everybody the could probably hit 30 home runs right now. Exactly, because he's that Easily. great. <laughs> hey, man. It, it, it's, it, as you guys can tell, it's it's always a heated debate. And people say we don't talk. We do talk baseball. Um, but, yeah, man, I, like I said, I, Barry, in my eyes – you know, of course, I think he did something, but he didn't get caught. And again, you know, for the time, man, baseball didn't care. So why should I? I, I you no. know what, Kyle? I, I read the book. <laughs> it, it seemed convincing that he took the needle to the butt. But <laughs> I, I, you know, <laughs> I'm a I'm a Barry Bonds fan, man. I am too. I, don't I am it. too. I am too. I and you know and. And to be honest, and we talked about it before, I really do think that he's going to get in the Hall of Fame. I can't say the same for McGuire and Sosa, but I think Barry Bonds is going to get in the Hall of Fame. Pete, not, Pete Rose may not ever get in, but I think Bonds is going to get in. It won't be anytime soon, but I think probably in the next 10 years, Bonds is in there. He is definitely in there. Uh, as always, man, we want to thank you all for tuning in and checking us out. Make sure that you download, subscribe, and share with your friends this podcast. Uh, like I said, we call it the best couple of hours of your sports week. Uh, we are dead in sports, the place where sports opinions collide. Uh, now it's time for our final thoughts. Uh, first up, my man B. B, what you got for your final thought? Um, just want to say, uh, I guess as a uh, boxing fan, just um, just strictly boxing, thank you. Thank you, Floyd Mayweather, for a, a wonderful uh, career in the boxing world. Um, you know, people forget the fact that you 40 years old, haven't boxed in two years and still came back in the sport and, 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 and won and, 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 and dominating fashion and went out 50, and zero. um, you know, it's, it's amazing, man. It's, it was wonderful following your career since you was an Olympian in 96 and then seeing you turn professional and, you know, being a kid from Grand Rapids and stuff, Rapids, Michigan, which is about two hours, two hours west of Detroit and okay. just seeing you, you know, seeing them. Come up the rankings, man. Come up the rankings. Become a champion in '98. You know, fight Dale Corrales and and Torrio Gatti's and 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 you know the Oscar De La Hoyas and and all the other you know welterweights and and lightweights of the worlds that you you fought. You know, you did a, did a good job, man. Now you, this is your time to use your investments, do whatever what you want with your with your buku of money that you made. You know, so. Yeah, I just want yeah, just thank Floyd for 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 a great career. I'm glad to see you going out, you know, on top and not going out as one of my other favorite boxers that washed up was Roy Jones. No one could not tell me in the '90s how huge of a Roy Jones fan I was. Y'all must and have forgotten. Him, and to see him like get washed up throughout his career, man, it was just heartbreaking. So I'm glad you're not going that route, Floyd. And I'm glad you 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 going out on top. You left us. You left your final fight was definitely a good fight. Um, you know, just like how Kobe went out with 60, that was a great way to go out. I, I think you went out and the fans were entertained. No one, no, you didn't hear people upset about the fight, your fights like they were with Berto and Pacquiao. So good job, Floyd. Uh, well, well, got to give respect to the brother, man. So great career, um, great boxing career. And you, you gonna go down as one of the, uh, the greatest athletes of, of this, like, like, um, Kyle said of this era. No doubt. No doubt. What about you, FIFO? Your final thought? Um, you know, um, I, I was gonna talk a little bit about Floyd. I, I ain't gonna go that in depth, but again, thank you, Floyd. I know you probably not ever <laughs> gonna hear this, but you know, I, I definitely he's listening. 
<laughs> I definitely appreciate all of the contributions to the sport of boxing. I think he's a boxer's boxer. He's a tactician. But what I want to talk about is how in the hell they going to leave us like that with Game of Thrones and then they going to come back all the way in there in 2019. What type of shit? People are come mad on. behind that, man. Hey, I am, yo, 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 HBO, get your life together, man. I'm done. And it's only going to be six episodes. Wow. They said an hour and a half each, though, or two. Better be. Yeah, it, be- it better damn be. Yeah, I heard people were. I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I heard people were mad as hell when they found out about that. Well, you can't wait to catch up. I know, I know, right? I just might do that. I just might do that. <laughs> What's your final thought? In 1968, Pete Rozelle instituted a new rule in the NFL requiring <laughs> players to stand in line facing the flag with their helmet under one arm hand over the heart during the anthem. Um, this was after Tommy Smith and John Carlos protested the um, national did their protest uh, at the Olympics. Um, so this was the NFL's protest of their protest. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a player that played for the St. Louis Cardinals football team who goes by the name of Dave Megacy. He did not follow that rule. Instead, he held his helmet in front of him and had with both of his hands and bowed his head, and they gave him hell for it. Um, mm. He was protesting against the war. Um, he was an activist, and he was basically told by one of the coaches that if he wanted to play in the NFL, he needed to stop. He told them no. And in 1969, all of that happened in 1968. And then, of course, there was a protest. And in 1969, he was benched. And then he quit the NFL. And then he wrote a book called Out of Their League. I suggest everybody go read it. And you can understand how corrupt the NFL is. And... um. And also understand that I think for me, I came to the realization that if Colin won't play in the NFL anymore, Kyle, you were right. I was holding out hope. But Dave Megacy, for all of you out there that don't know this, he's a white player. Wow. And they banished him from the league. Wow, I'm, I wasn't even familiar with that story, man. Where, where did drop 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 jewels on uh, Ken? I I gotta check it out. Never yeah, heard man. that before. Uh, my my closing thought, man. I would like to send a shout out to uh, the Canadian uh, Football League, in particular, the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, I'm pretty sure as long as we've been doing this podcast, I've, we've never talked about Canadian football. Um, but I want to give a shout out to this team, man. This team. Uh, for something that they did do. Uh, at first, they hired a coach. Uh, and then subsequently, after some backlash, they fired him uh, before he could ever even set on a plane to come meet them. Uh, the coach in question was Art Browse, the exiled former head coach of the Baylor Bears. Uh, as many of you know, uh, Baylor uh, came under a lot of scrutiny uh, under Browse's uh, tenure there. Uh, Browse you know, there was many lawsuits filed. Browse denied having any knowledge 
of a bunch of rapes that happened on campus from football players under his uh, tenure. Um, it's alleged that there were 52 acts of rape by 31 players that occurred at Baylor between 2001 and 2014. Um, this was alleged in a lawsuit, and it said in the lawsuit it also said that you know the program used sex to sell you know recruits on coming there. Um, so I got to give them a shot. I think they they made a mistake by even hiring him, but I got to give them a shot for them to correct their mistake and subsequently not give him this job. He has been out of work since uh, 2016. I think it was May of 2016. Art Browse has no business. Uh, he definitely does not have any business being on a college campus. He doesn't have any business coaching. Now, you know, I know some may say, well, you know, he didn't go to jail or anything like that. He, he, ha he should have the opportunity to work. Uh, I'm fine with Art Browse working. I just don't want to see Art Browse coaching any level of men on any level because he doesn't deserve it. He blew his chance and there's a whole bunch of women and young men whose lives have been negatively affected because of his lack of discretion, his lack of uh, leadership. Uh, so he, he's going to have to sit on this one. And if he never gets another job coaching, I, I wouldn't shed a tear. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for checking out another edition of the Dead End Sports Podcast. We like to do this every week, so make sure that you come back and check us out. For B, for FIFO, for Ken, I'm your host, 12 Kyle. Catch you guys next week. Peace. Peace.